And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive me. And today we're going to be covering Lord Maitreya. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. We're going to be talking about Jerusalem, Israel, the Middle East crisis, World War III, and Iran. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. We're going to be starting a series today regarding the, the 501c3 corporate church, particularly of America. And what I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch. And today, we're going to be discussing... The UFO phenomenon is growing and not going away. Is it the next great challenge for the church? And ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for November 18th, 2012. And today we're primarily going to be getting into the Middle East crisis, what's going on over there right now, the implications for the world, essentially, uh, not only what's going on in that region, but also for the world. So let's go ahead and get right into this. First report is entitled, Israel is about is now in an all-out war with Hamas in the Gaza Strip. Israel is currently surrounded by hostile armies, Hamas in Egypt to the south, Lebanon and Syria to the north, and Jordan to the east. Now we're going to talk about Jordan um, more. Because they're, they're not quite there yet, obviously, but we're going to look at that. The first article um, amid this report is Israel launches pillar of defense operation in Gaza, which is what they're referring to as a decapitation wave against Hamas terror leadership. So some of you may not, I mean, obviously, some of you may not know what's actually going on over there right now, so partly this is get, to get you up to speed. And this is pretty much current, the information that we're looking at right now. Some of it was posted earlier in the week, but I've tried to like stay up to literally where I just looked before I started the study to make sure this was as up-to-date as possible, the information that we're presenting. Because when it comes to obviously current events, breaking stuff could happen any minute. <clears throat> Going further, this is from Minor News. Israel was exceedingly determined to kill the top Hamas terror leader, Ahmad al-Jabari. He has been hiding and had successfully escaped Israel's target assassination efforts. However, Hamas and Egypt decided to meet to hammer out an agreement regarding Israel. Ahmad came out of hiding to attend these meetings and Israel was waiting. This is how this all got kind of kicked off. Now, obviously, and we're going to look at this later, they've launched you know, to the tune of, I would say at this point, at least 20,000 rockets at Israel, just since 9-11. Okay, at least 20,000. I just read a report that, um, this is from um, the Jerusalem Post, and um, just to give you an idea of what they're dealing with, this was the, the most current thing. After hours of quiet, rocket hits home near Marat Malachi, uh, Rocket strikes house after dome intercepts rockets fired in Tel Aviv. Rocket strike a car, injuring five in a home in Ashdod, injuring two. Listen to this. Over 115 rockets have been fired into Israel just since this morning. This is just since this morning. 
So this is what we're we're dealing with. They're, what they're dealing with in Israel as just, you know, pretty much a moment-by-moment moment occurrence at this point. Uh, so let's go back to the main article here. So this Ahmad came out of hiding to attend these meetings, and Israel was waiting. An Israeli fighter jet fired a missile at the car carrying Ahmad, destroying it completely and killing Ahmad and his son. Now, you have to remember, this is the... Um, top Hamas terror leader. This is the guy that's been, you know, giving the green light for tons of these rockets that have been fired, tons of suicide terrorist, cowardly type of, of bombings, and they've been waiting to get this guy. It's like trying to kind of cut the head off the snake. Of course, there's going to be someone to replace him, but they're trying to send a message here. Uh, surely, I mean, obviously the, the guy deserved death. I mean, he's killing all these innocent people. So when you prevent more murders, or is what they're trying to do, they're trying to prevent more murders by cutting off the head of the snake. But unfortunately, as we know, as we've seen with Islam, that's only going to further incite them, and they're going to ramp up even more. But it's, it's either that or just lay down and do nothing, essentially. Just let them come and, and destroy them. So, an Israeli fighter jet fired a missile at the car carrying Ahmad, destroying it completely and killing Ahmad and his son. The military wing of Hamas said in the statement that the assassination has, quote, opened the gates of hell, end of quote. Now, they ought to know a lot about the gates of hell since that's where they're all going if they keep trusting in that double religion. Uh, it's nothing but a black death cult is all Islam is. And we've proven this over and over and over again. We'll prove it again today. Um, and Allah is not the same God of the Bible. Allah is the moon God. It has nothing to do with the Bible at all. The next report reads, Air Raid, this is just kind of bullet points, a lot of the things that I'm going over. Air Raid, sirens, sound in Jerusalem, witnesses hear explosion, Hamas takes credit, IDF spokesperson, this was just on the 11-17, which was yesterday. As of then... As of 11.17. And again, this gets added to almost by the moment. 740 terrorist rockets have been fired from the Palestinian terrorists into Israel since the start of, just since the start of this operation. It's not like, you know, this is from years back. Sorry, I'm just kind of modifying one of the things I said here. So, 740 terrorist rockets. This has just been, you know, what, in the last week or so. Let's go further. Two major Israeli newspapers are now reporting that rockets fired from Egypt have hit Israel. Terrorists in the Sinai Peninsula launched rockets into Israel Friday night, reports the Jerusalem Post. The rockets fell near an Israeli village on the southern border, causing some damage, but no injuries. So, these are just a couple more reports here. I mean, they're all over the internet. They, the Israeli defense system is called the Iron Dome, where they're trying to actually intercept these missiles flying uh, into these cities. They're missiles they launch to intercept the terrorist missiles. The Iron Dome intercepted two Iranian, Iranian-made Far 5 missiles aimed at Tel Aviv on Saturday. And Iran's, I mean, they've, their whole stated purpose has been to totally annihilate Israel to drive, well, not even to drive, just annihilate them, every man, woman, and child, to take back Jerusalem, which is the third most holy site in Islam, the Dome of the Rock in particular, 
and to wipe them off the face of the planet and then go after the great Satan. Or maybe in one fell swoop, take care of all of us. And they believe that this will only occur through much bloodshed on both sides. And when this happens, their awaited savior, called the Imam Mahdi, or the fifth Imam, will make his appearance. I'm sorry on that, it was the twelfth Imam. Uh, now, I've done several teachings on that particular subject of Juskian, uh Imam Mahdi, or twelfth Imam. I-M-A-M, into the keyword search box. or All you have to do is key in Imam, I imagine, or Mahdi, M-A-H-D-I, into the keyword search search box at contendingfortruth.com, and you can find out more about that. So, um, the missiles mark the third attack on the heavily populated area in as many days after a Palestinian terrorist from Gaza fired four missiles toward the financial capital on Thursday, this is uh, Tel Aviv, and Friday, promoting red alert air raid sirens to sound in the city. Islamic Jihad leader Khalid Batish said on Saturday that the launch of the rockets at Tel Aviv from Gaza show, quote, the rules of the game have changed in that region. In other words, they're going to really, really be ramping up what Islamically they've been trying to do. And they are doing that. The attack followed volley after volley of rockets aimed at southern towns on Saturday, as red alert sirens wailed repeatedly, warning residents to flee for cover. Which is just a way of life there, these air raid sirens. Two rockets also landed outside the capital of Jerusalem on Friday. Hamas, and this was a message that that I just got this morning, and it's entitled, Hamas to Israelis. This is a message they're sending them. Quote, we've missed the suicide attacks. Not meaning they've missed them like, well, we missed out. They've missed, like, oh, I miss you so much. You know, like when you haven't seen somebody in a long time? That's what they mean. We've missed the suicide attacks. Expect us soon at bus stations and in cafes, where they'll have their Islamic suicide bombers that think they're going to be with their 72 virgins and white-skinned boys, which is what they're supposedly guaranteed. Um, And they're going to strap on the old nail bombs, and they're going to be running into the cafes and into the bus stations and killing totally innocent people. Uh, because evidently that shows how smart they are and how powerful they are and how just wonderful they are and what a religion of peace, love, and joy that they truly represent and how tolerant they are too. I think that's a big thing. Islam is a very, very tolerant religion and we're going to be looking at that a little bit as well. So this is what they're saying. Now everything that I'm saying here is referenced. So if I put up a PDF, this PDF is about 16 pages for today, 16 to 17 and um, if you want to know more about any particular point that I'm talking about, typically I will have a link going to the main story. I'm just giving you kind of bullet points of each one because I'm trying to do this in rapid fire so that we keep things moving and um, because there's so much ground to cover as well. Next report relating to this, militant Muslims are cutting out tongues now. Uh, this is from November 12th of this year. A professor of Islamic exegesis at Cairo's preeminent Islamic university, Dr. Abdullah Badir, and there's a link to his, I don't know, his whatever, um, resume, recently proclaimed on Egyptian television that a new day has arrived. Okay, now this is their, a professor of Islamic exegesis at Cairo's, Egypt, okay, where we've went in and we've made sure that we've installed a nice, wonderful, 
uh, Muslim Brotherhood regime, thanks to the United States, toppled the other regime, which was not we're near as radical as the one that's in there now. Like we've done with all these other countries now, um, in the Middle East, all by design, Libya, and, and, and here we, we have Egypt and, other, and many other countries. We've got now a nice new radical Muslim Brotherhood installed in all these countries now, all by design, so that when World War III does break out, they will all come in a united front against Israel in a much more determined, radical, Islamic way to try to utterly destroy, annihilate, and wipe Israel off the map. Because that's what America... The, the higher-up brass, the elite, the globalists, the people pulling the strings, that's what they want. Now, out of the ashes of this coming World War III, which could happen literally, the start, at any moment, we're going to most likely see the Antichrist and the false prophet appear because they're going to come, particularly as men are appearing of, like they're trying to bring peace, to broker a peace deal, you know, a seven-year particular peace treaty that they will sign with the Antichrist. As the Bible talks about that, they will, um, he will con- confirm the covenant with many for a week, meaning a week, meaning seven years in that particular context. So, this is what we're dealing with here. And um, we're right on the cusp of World War III. And we've been on the cusp. I mean, there's a lot of things that could have happened. I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow. I'm not going to say it's even going to happen this year, but it sure could, and we're closer to it now one thing is for sure, we're closer to it now than we've ever been before. So, going further, this wonderful professor of Islamic exegesis, Dr. Abdullah Badir, um, went on Egyptian television and said that a new day has arrived. And he said, apparently from now on, there will be absolutely no more toleration for anyone who speaks against Islam. Including people who speak against the implementation of Sharia law, that wonderful Islamic law system that breeds such wonderful fruit wherever it rears its its ugly, uh, pus-filled head. Uh, anyway, the implementation of Sharia law and its 7th century barbaric punishments. So there's going to be no toleration now. Now, I understand he's speaking from the standpoint of Egyptian television. And this is why they're basically virtually driven all the Coptic... Christian, and I don't really want to call him Christian because it's really a pseudo-religious orthodoxy cult that has their own pope. And it's not like, although from an Islamic standpoint, they don't care. They don't care if you're Catholic or if you're Coptic. or They don't, they don't differentiate between true born-again Bible-believing Christians and other pseudo-Christian cult-like groups. They're going to lump them all into the same category and go after them all, but they're basically just about driven the cops out of Egypt at this point or are in the process of doing so and have reported on this before. Uh, so, going further, an unrepentant Badir then again appeared on TV and made the following oath. He said, quote, now this is this professor of Islamic exegesis at Cairo's permanent Islamic University. He said, I have sworn to Allah that any dog, for that is how Allah described them, for they are like dogs that are constantly panting, that any dog who mocks the Sharia or mocks Islam, or blames it. Oh, and, and, and let me stop right there. Obviously, who could ever bring a railing accusation or any blame against this wonderful religion of peace? They're not to be to blame for anything on the planet, ever. Nothing evil has ever been done in its name by its prophet's 
name. Nothing, obviously. It's it's a religion of pure love and peace. So again, you know, I, I wanna I wanna make sure we're all on the same page here. Hopefully you're getting our sarcasm. Um then any dog who mocks the Sharia or mocks Islam or blames it, we will cut out his tongue. I say this without hesitation. We will cut out his tongue. That's it. The time of transgressing against Islam and speaking insolence has passed. It is over. Today the people of lies, which would be you, I, Jews, everywhere, and anyone who's of, of that they would view as a secular person, anybody who's non-Islamic. Today the people of lies defend their falsehoods with great zeal. So shall we defend Islam with all our might. No matter what it costs, no matter what it costs, let the whole world burn, but Islam not be mocked. Oh, I'm mocking you, Islam. I'm mocking Muslims. I'm mocking them all. The thing is, I don't even have to mock anybody. All I have to do is point out what factual things are widely available about this death cult religion from the pit of hell. I'm not afraid of you. And none of us should be either. If we die by some Muslims whatever, sword or whatever, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And God has the absolute, total sovereignty and power. Our lives are in His hands. He has the power to protect His remnant. And I am just so sick of this blasphemous, evil death cult from the pit of hell that acts like they have this unbelievable moral high ground and they're the most debased, debauched, evil, wicked, devil religion just about on the planet. As far as the damage they do on a daily basis. As far as the hypocrisy level. To me, they exceed the Catholic Church at this point. Because they act like they're so morally upright and puritanical. And, and, and we're going to get into that. And yet they, they condone and allow and justify the most evil, debauched, sick, perverted things to go on in their very own religion. So, I expose them pretty much every single chance I get. And I will make no apologies for it. And I have no fear about the repercussions for it. None in the name of Jesus Christ. You want... You want to show me your resolve, Islam, that you're so tough and you're so mighty and all us. You know what? My God created the universe. You worship a devil. You worship a fallen angel at best. Your God will bow before mine. Guaranteed. And if God summoned him up to heaven right now, he would be on his face. You are nothing compared to the God of the universe. The Lord Jesus Christ and Father God. You are nothing compared to them. Nothing. All you have is evil, lies, deceit. You are nothing but evil. And I will expose you to my dying breath. That's how I feel about Islam. I pray to God those that can be saved in Islam that they would be saved. That their eyes be open and that they they're saved through the Lord Jesus Christ. His shed blood. His death, burial, and resurrection. But I'm not doing them any favors by placating them 
and, and, and being frightened by them and cowering in a corner and acting like, oh, we're all just one big happy family and I just need to tolerate this level of evil perpetuated against humanity, against little children. Against the, I mean, the, the atrocities against little children, little girls and women in Islam alone is just beyond fathomable by the average human being. It's so wicked and evil what they do. So, I feel like the harder they push, the harder I'm going to push back. So, going further, none of this is figurative, meaning what I just read regarding this, you know, they're going to cut out tongues and do whatever they've got to do. Remember, it's, it's a religion of intimidation. Think of Satan like a bully that likes to intimidate If he can get you in fear, devils and demons feed off your fear. I've read too many accounts of of people that had literally demonic encounters and fallen angelic encounters and these types of things. And when they entered into fear, that is when the devils got the upper hand. They feed off your fear. This is a religion that wants to instill fear. What they need is the fear of God. The fear of the true God of the universe. The true God of the Bible. The Lord Jesus Christ. Father God. That's what they need the fear of. That should be our prayer for them. Because they have no fear of God. They may fear Allah. The fallen angelic devil moon God. But they don't fear the God of the Bible. And that's what they need. The severity of the Lord. And the goodness of the Lord. Leadeth thee to repentance. They need the severity. In certain instances, I'm sure that they need the goodness. But with somebody like this, if there were any chance of them getting saved, it would, it would most likely take a very, very severe event in order for them to get actually their eyes opened, their ears open, their hearts open, that they could actually see. Because they're so demonically blinded, fallen angelically blinded to the truth. They think they represent righteousness and goodness and virtue. They really believe this. And yet their actions are so evil and debased. Going back to the article, days after Dr. Badir made these pronouncements, on October 30th, a roaming band of Salifis in Suez attacked and severely beat and tried to cut off the hand of a young Egyptian grocery store worker. Why? Because he prevented one of their gang from using the store bathroom without permission. He was doing his job. He didn't know who they were. The bearded Salifi had had said, I do not ask permission, meaning I'm above the law. And this is how Muslims will act, particularly when they get into a, any kind of position of power. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And when you're already demon and possessed to begin with, <laughs> you're, you're not going to be a very good... Uh, person as far as um, influ- using their power in a in a just way. So, he said, I do not ask for permission. The assaulted young brothers, angered at what happened, then insulted the men, quote, insulted the men, who knows what happened. According then, accordingly then, Suez's new roaming band of sh- Sharia enforcers, who call themselves, I love this, this is what they call themselves, Quote, authority for the promotion of virtue and prevention of vice. 
End of quote. Unbelievable. After Saudi Arabia's, this was pattern after Saudi Arabia's morality police, he then claimed that he had insulted Islam and ordered that the man's tongue be cut out on the spot. This is the same group that earlier stabbed to death a young Egyptian man for walking in public with his fiancée. I am just so sick of their hypocrisy and how the world news tends to portray them as the victims and how I've had Christians over the years email me and, and basically on the side of Islam. Oh, there's poor... And again, we've, we've uh, three teachings ago, I believe it was, we went into the whole fact that the, the land, the, as far as a Palestinian people, that was created out of thin air when Israel took back possession of the land. There was never a Palestinian people, and never a Palestinian flag, never any of that prior to that. It was done as a matter of convenience, and the top Muslim leaders have admitted that Palestine and the Palestinian peoples, as far as being a nation, never even existed. There were displaced people there to begin with. And I, I, I did a whole teaching on this a few weeks ago. Just key in Palestine in the keyword search box, or Palestinians in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. So that all that's been is a ploy to be used for Islam's gain. So he ordered that the man's tongue be cut out. This is the same, okay, we, we read that part. The father of the two boys, who I guess the two boys that supposedly, one of them said, you can't go in the bathroom because you don't have permission, guy says, I don't need permission. Then they tried to cut off his hand for, how dare he say that? And then the other guy, after the guy was insulted, assaulted, after they're trying to cut off his hand, his brother came to his rescue, said something to them, and they says, oh, now your tongue has to be cut out. Must be nice to be the judge and jury, just like this roaming band of demonically uh, possessed uh, Muslims who are just judge and jury, and they decide who lives and who dies. Must be nice. I mean, that kind of power, I'm sure, wouldn't corrupt anybody. So the father of the two boys, a longtime local, gave more detail, including how he had never seen the Salafi group who spoke in formal Quranic Arabic. Also in the video, the father explains how the Salafis, a, oh, short, a short man of them, kept screaming at the top of of his voice, that his son has insulted the religion, his tongue must be severed as soon as possible. These people are demon-possessed to the toenails. They represent Satan on planet Earth. They are Satan's henchmen. There is no good in this devil, evil, death cult called Islam. There is no good. went up to thereligionofpeace.com. You might want to check that out. Thereligionofpeace.com. And they have a running total. Their, their tally for today was Islamic terrorists have carried out more than 19,946 deadly terror attacks since 9-11. That's not just rockets launched into Israel, which would probably be, who knows, over 100,000 at this point. Who knows? I mean, 119 this morning or whatever it was. I mean, if you go all the way back to land for peace, when they started giving up their land for peace, who knows? This is These are the terrorist attacks since 9-11. 19,946. All carried out 
by Islamic terrorists in the name of Muhammad and Allah, the devil moon god. Religion of peace. This list of terrorist attacks committed by Muslims at a rate of about five a day is incomplete because not all such attacks are even picked up by international news sources, even those resulting in multiple loss of life. Particularly if they're in the Middle East, they're not going to report on this. Those infidels needed to die. You know, we're not, we're not going to paint Islam in a bad light. Who knows, you could probably double or triple that number. Here's the picture of the week. A little baby in Jerusalem recovers from a Hamas rocket that left three others dead. Got blood all, poor little things got blood all over it. Oh man, this makes me so mad. Islamic terrorists have fired over 1,000 missiles at the Jewish population centers this year in an attempt to provoke a response. Now, that's not even remotely accurate. 1,000? Like I said, there's been over, what, do we quote 700? And Let me just make sure I get that number. That was as of yesterday. 740 terrorist rockets have been fired from Palestinian terrorists in Israel since the start of the operation. That's only been, what, one week? So that's, that, that thousand number is not even remotely accurate. Why do they do this? In an attempt to provoke a response. They want Israel to retaliate so that they can portray themselves as the victims. They can do whatever they want. They can say whatever they want to say. They can, they can say the most evil, cruel, wicked hatred about Israel, about America, about whatever. About Christians. They can do whatever they want. They can kill whoever they want. And we need to all just keep our mouths shut while they go and just decimate and annihilate to their heart's content. They can kill as many Christians as they want, like they do all the time, particularly in Africa. No. I am just, I am so sick of the hypocrisy and the double standards and how the world mass media essentially protects them. If Christians, real Christians, were doing this on any kind of scale worldwide, it would be front page news on every paper in the world condemning Christianity. But Islam can get along with it, can get away with it all day long, as long as they want. Not on contendingfortruth.com they can't, because I'll go out of my way to expose them. Okay, so now this next little tidbit here is Islam's latest contribution to peace and love. The Quran says, uh, Quran 40, uh, chapter 48, verse 29, Muhammad is God's apostle. Those who follow him are harsh to the unbelievers. Now that's an understatement. Uh, th- these are just some, this is just what happened in the last few days, um, some things that have happened. Now this isn't even including what's going on in, in Israel. Um, on the 18th, which is today, Seven Shiite pilgrims are sent straight to Allah in hell by a Sunni bus bomber. So the Shiites and the Sunnis still go at, at, at each other as well. And then that was in Balid, Iraq. And then also today in, in Jammu, India, one person is killed when fundamentalists throw a grenade into a wine shop. Uh, I believe that's because they don't permit alcohol or something like that. And then yesterday in Yala, Thailand, Islamists kill a woman with a motorcycle bomb. And then the day before that, in Dal- Dalat, 
Abad, Afghanistan, six children and seven women are among 19 members of a wedding party slaughtered by Sunni bombers, religion of peace, and then the same day, three civilians are ripped to pieces by a Shiite suicide bomber in Zinabar, Yemen. So yeah, they're just they're just trying to show what you know wonderful peaceful people they are. Here's the monthly jihad report for October. This is just the, for the month of October, mind you. There were 209 jihad attacks, in, and again these these numbers are conservative. I mean, you could probably double or triple them. Uh, 209, these are the ones that have been reported, in other words. 209 jihad attacks, Islamic, uh, in 26 different countries. Now, this is just for the month of October. Five different religions were attacked in these 209 jihad attacks. There were a total of 911 dead bodies and critically injured 1,464. And those, these are just the ones we know about just for one month. Can you imagine if Christianity did this in, in one month. The UN would have already convened hearings for the banishment and the, I mean, the literal, um, probably making it absolutely illegal to even be a Christian. Muslims can do it all day long, though. They're encouraged. Oh, go ahead. You know, you're of, the, you're of your father the devil and of his lusts and of his works you will do and we want to make sure that we let you you um, do whatever you want to do and, and do it all in the name of Allah, essentially. This is what the New World Order is sending a message loud and clear. So much so that we're actually installing radical Muslim dictatorships in the regimes they're toppling in the Middle East to ensure this will happen. As I've said for the last, whatever, year and a half or ever since they started doing that, it probably goes back even further. All by design. Muhammad, the prophet of Islam, had people killed for insulting him or for criticizing his religion. This included women. Also, the pedophile prophet Muhammad, yes, I said pedophile, married a six-year-old girl named Aisha and admitted to consummating or raping her when she was nine. Because I don't consider that consummating a marriage. I consider that an old pervert a debauched, demon-possessed pervert raping a nine-year-old. You know, you can, you can slap any kind of, of, of evil veneer on it you want to slap on it, Islam. You know, you can, you can put a, you can put makeup on a pig and put some nice earrings on it, and, but, you know, it's still a pig. The Mus- a Muslim cleric has said it's permissible for a girl at the age of 9 or 10 to marry. Now, I, I had those pictures not too long ago in that study that I did of all these child brides that go on in, you know, in Islam and like Africa and the Middle East and elsewhere. And, and, you know, it's a huge, huge problem. Hundreds of thousands of little girls being taken every year. And then the genital mutilation that they have to undergo with razor blades in their private parts, where they're cutting things off, and I'm not even going to get into the specifics, without anesthesia. The temporary marriages that they can have, where they can go in and you know rape a little girl, and then 
I've, I've given you that account of the Ayatollah Khomeini who did that. They can rape little girls and rape other women, have temporary marriages, and then divorce them, and supposedly they're still morally upright. I mean, the, the, the atrocities towards little girls and women alone is just incomprehensible. Muslims are told to emulate the example of Muhammad. Aren't they? Isn't Muhammad their highest? He's the man. Well, he married a six-year-old and admitted to consummating the marriage at nine. That doesn't mean that he didn't consummate the marriage before that. Like, you trust that lying devil? (laughs) Dr. Salih bin Fazan, a cleric in Saudi Arabia's highest religious council, has reportedly issued a new fatwa asserting that there is no minimum age for marriage. There's no minimum age for marriage now. And that girls can be married even if they are in the cradle. The cradle. Why don't you just marry a newborn? That's what what he said is, is permissible. Saudi Arabia's highest religious council. A doctor. Dr. Death. Dr. Salih bin Fazan. There's a link to him here. According to Front Page, this uh, article appeared in the Saudi Arabian Arabian Papers on July 13th. The fatwa complains that, quote, uninformed interference with Sharia rulings by press and journalists is on the increase. Posing dire consequences to society. Now, let me break that down for you. The fatwa he issued, where we're talking about there's no minimum age for marriage and girls can be married even if they're in the cradle, also complains that uninformed interference with Sharia rulings by the press and journalists is on the increase. That would be like somebody like me that would say, this is evil, this is debauched, this is perverted, this is sick, this is satanic, this is pure evil. That's on the increase. He said then, posing dire consequences to society. What would he say? Allah forbid that we we can't marry little girls from the cradle and rape them at the earliest possible age? This is what he's basically saying. It is what he's saying. Posing dire, no, no, it would pose a dire consequence to society if you devils are permitted to get away with such atrocities and evil. Dire consequences to society. What kind of what kind of sick, twisted mind would would say something like that when the exact opposite is true? Including their interference with the question of marriage to small girls who have not reached maturity. Now, let me read that again in its totality so you understand it. The Fatwa complains that uninformed interference with Sharia rulings by the press and journalists is on the increase, posing dire consequences to society, including their interference. In other words, somebody like me, my interference, because I'm exposing this. With the question of marriage to small girls who have not reached maturity and their demand that a minimum age be set for girls to marry. In other words, there's journalists, there's press that are demanding, hey, listen, Islam, you know... You need to at least set a minimum age where you can marry. Now, because they're so twisted and evil and perverted, they don't want to be held to that. 
They want to get their sick, deluded fantasies fulfilled because they're all demonically possessed of the toenails. And because of that, they don't want anybody putting any kind of restraints on their perversion. No way. Don't you tell us what to do. I'll justify it some way religiously in these sick, twisted, Muslim, unholy writings. Fazan insists that nowhere does Sharia set an age limit for marrying girls. Can marry them in the cradle now, according to Islam. Front, uh, front page reports that the point of the fatwa is not so much that girls as young as nine can follow Muhammad's example and have sexual intercourse, but there is in no, but there is in fact no age limit at all for children to be taken as wives. Front page asserts that the only question posed by the cleric is whether the children, whether the child is literally physically capable of bearing the weight of her new husband or molester. That's the only question. As long as the little girl can bear the weight of her husband, she's old enough to have sex, is what they're saying. This is how sick and demented these devils are. And, and they act like they have the moral high ground and we are so much better than you western dogs. And, you, and here, here's a picture of this, this demon-possessed devil from the pit of hell. I can't even stand to look at him. He's so evil looking. This Fazwan. Hey, he, I mean, he looks like a pedophile. I guarantee you he's probably, you know, had his share. When he's burning in hell white hot and he's forced to give an account... Or, or, or have the punishment for all these little girls and maybe little boys that he's raped. He'll regret it then. He's not going to regret it now. Now he's just going to try to justify it. He himself, it's like the Bible talks about in Romans. Let, let, me, let me read that verse in Romans. It reminds me of that in, in Romans 1 at the end. And it's, it, after it's talking about the, the gays, the, the lesbians, and the, and the gay men. And then it goes on at the end to kind of, kind of conclude the matter regarding that whole subject. Let me... See here, and this this is what I would I would say about somebody like this Fazwan, this demon possessed devil. That I mean, I can barely stand even look at his picture. You can see it on the uh, on the PDF I've got. It's going to be on page probably about on page five, verse thirty two, Romans one. Who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, like. Raping little children and justifying it and trying to make it legally and morally upright and ethical. That they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, I guarantee you he's doing the same. He's got to justify his behavior. But have pleasure in them that do them. Why would they have pleasure in them that do them? Because the more people that are doing it, the more accepted they feel. Misery loves company. Hey, I mean, this is why the gays are constantly trying to recruit they know what they're doing is evil and wrong, but the more people that are doing it, it justifies their own behavior. Ah, oh, this guy's so evil looking. Fazwan reportedly illustrates this point by quoting Batal's authoritative religious text, which reads, The Ulema, which is in, uh, the word is, is, means Islam's interpreters, have agreed 
that it is permissible for a father to marry off their small daughters, even if they are in the cradle. I'm not making this stuff up. But it is not permissible for their husbands to have sex with them unless they are capable of being placed beneath and bearing the weight of their, of their husband. And their capacity in this regard varies based on their nature and capacity. What a sick, perverted, demented thing to have a debate about. I mean, it's, it's beyond comprehension, truly. For any sane, even anybody that would have any moral, mor- morality left in them, how could you possibly debate such a sick, disgusting, twisted, perverted thing as this? But this is Islam. This is Islam. If they're that demon infested where they would debate something like this, as though it was, you know, debating about, you know, the price of oil or, or whatever. Do you think there's anything that they wouldn't be capable of doing if they're that evil? It's well known that, I mean, most of the people that have ever been in high, high places that are uh, Hitler and a lot of these people, they were very, very sick sexually perverted people. Most of them almost always had a homosexual bent to them. You could read that book, The Pink Swastika, about the the Nazi regime. Even though on the surface they were against that, supposedly. But what went on behind closed doors is a whole different thing. I've gotten into all the stuff about Obama. About all his dead gay lovers. It's well known. The the bathhouses in in Chicago that have rooms named after him where he used to frequent when he was a state senator. Or right before he became a state senator. I mean, those types of people, the gays and the lesbians, you you look at Janet Napolitano, these people are demon-possessed to the toenails. And because they're sexually depraved, it's another level of evil when when you're like that. When you get into that whole gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender thing. You will do things that a normal person that's not of that ilk, you will have no problem doing those things. Because you're evil. You're, do you ever see a gay rights parade where they're, writing for any, for their, where they're marching for anything morally upright? Or good? No, it's always perverted garbage. They want to shove down our throat. The people at the highest level of Islam and down, all the way, and I really believe when you, when you watch that documentary, The Dancing Boys of Afghanistan, it's a whole bunch of, of Islamic men in a room drooling over eight-year-old boys dressed up like women and seeing who has the most money that they could take one of these boys home and have them as their little sex slave. I mean, that's, that, it, it, that was on BBC. It was a documentary. You can go watch it on the internet. That is Islam. That should be the, the, the face of Islam. That's the face of Islam I want the world to know. If you're capable of doing that, do you think there's anything you want to be capable of doing? <laughs> there's, there's nothing that you wouldn't do if you're capable of that. Nothing. So... Then it it ends, this is the quote by him, (laughs) 
And their capacity, meaning the little girls, in this regard varies regard varies based on their nature and capacity. Uh, Aisha, Muhammad's child bride, was six when she married the prophet, but he had sex with her when she was nine, i.e. when she was deemed capable, evidently, of supporting his weight. And again, that's what he admitted to. Give me a break. So if we draw a cartoon of Muhammad or the Muslims, I mean, you you could just absolutely die. You do that in the wrong country, like Denmark's finding out or wherever. You draw a cartoon of Muhammad or Muslims in any way, shape, or form, they will go absolutely nuts. Protest and demand your death and, and, and you know, tongue be cut out and every, every possible evil thing be done. But show them that women and children are being abused and raped in the name of Allah... And they will turn a totally blind eye. This is the hypocrisy that I love to expose regarding Islam. For they cannot condemn what their own prophet did. Muhammad said in many places that he has been, quote, ordered by Allah to fight men until they testify that there is no God but Allah and that Muhammad is their messenger. In the last nine years of his life, he ordered no less than 65 military campaigns to do exactly that. Muhammad inspired his men to war with the basest of motives, including capturing loot, sex, and a gluttonous paradise as incentives. He beheaded captives, enslaved children, raped women, and probably children, captured in battle. That was all fine. You can do all that. You can do whatever you want to to your enemies in Islam. Again, Muslims are told to emulate the example of Muhammad. And that's exactly what they're doing. It's just we're seeing a clear picture of it as they gain power in the world. And the New World Order's gladly given them this power. Because they're evil. They're of the father of the devil. This is why the gays and the lesbians and, and these, that's why they're gaining power. That's why wicked politicians are gaining more power. Anything wicked in the world is gaining more power. Confirming the word of God that evil men and seducers shall wax, meaning grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy 3.13 The night is coming when no man can work because of the darkness. And this is what we're seeing, essentially. So, now back to the main report that I had actually started on. The IDF has launched a major major Gaza operation named uh, Pillar or Column of Defense. IDF, Israeli Defense Force, that's what that stands for. With the goal of taking out a large piece of Hamas, the Hamas terrorist Muslim command structure. The IDF spokesperson, Itan Bukman, confirmed that the operation began about an hour ago with a pinpoint strike on the Hamas terror chief. Since then, he said, we have targeted about 20 different sites in Gaza in the Gaza Strip, focusing specifically on long-range rocket capabilities that have been developed in Gaza. Next report um, was the Israeli Defense Minister approves and summons 30,000 soldiers for the Gaza operation. So they're saying a ground invasion seems imminent at this point of Gaza. Now, an update to that, Israeli Channel 2 reported I believe it was a couple days ago, that 75,000 army reservists are now being drafted. 
And then the next report reads, Hamas, Israel, escalate fire as IDF prepares ground troops. The IDF has started sending infantry tanks and other armored vehicles toward the Gaza border. The Nesset's Foreign Foreign Affairs and Defense Committee was to meet in an emergency session later Thursday to discuss approving issuing emergency call-ups for a larger group of IDF reservists. Israel has tolerated rocket attacks on its civilian population centers for a long for a longer time than Americans would have ever tolerated missile attacks across the border from Mexico or Canada. And this is something we always need to bear in mind. What other country on the planet is attacked like Israel? And has been? Nobody. Nobody that I can possibly think of has put up with more. And and this is after they've tried to appease these devils, given them land for peace, and made all kind of concessions and things like this. And this just goes to show you, Islam is just, they're nothing but a bunch of liars. They, they, and again, in the Quran, it says that Allah was the best of all deceivers and schemers. And they're supposed to emulate Allah and Muhammad. So they have no problem lying to their enemies. They'll tell them whatever they want to hear. As long as they can get their rockets a little bit closer. This is what they do. However, the time to act seems to act it seems uh the time to act seem now, as Israel must defend her borders and her cities. Prime Minister Netanyahu stated that um, Prime Minister Sharon's withdrawal from the Gaza Strip was a significant mistake and hinted that he might correct the West Bank situation after clearing out Hamas. Again, every time they've ever given him land, it's been a tremendous mistake. <laughs> every time. It just makes, I mean, it, 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 they're like pigeonholed here. They have such a little amount of land as it is now. 640, uh, the nations around her are 640 times her size. The Middle East Islamic regime around her, all the nations, you you add up the landmass, 640 times her size. And she's called, and Israel's called expansionist. After they've given away most of the land that they took, that, that, that was that they had originally when they came back as a nation. They've given away most of that land, land for peace. It's worked real well for them. So, goes on to say, I do not believe it will be possible for Israel to cleanse Gaza with Gaza from Hamas without a powerful ground invasion. That's probably very true. The question then quickly developed into how long it might take for a powerful invasion of Hamas into Gaza to spark an all-out war with the Palestinians inside Israel. And then into an all-out conflagration in the Middle East which would lead to World War III. Because this is what we're really looking at here. Is this the spark that's going to ignite the fuse of World War III? Very well could be. And that is beyond pivotal from a biblical timetable um, aspect. This was from Cutting Edge, and it said, please take a few moments to read our archive newsletters regarding this most interesting subject. And they give a couple links here. And they're entitled, Next Arab-Israeli War and Albert Pike's Third World War Plan to Produce the Antichrist. These articles were posted in January of 1997, 
quoting American intelligence sources, the war, this war seems that it might fulfill this Arab plan to destroy Israel. Predictably, Islamic leaders in other countries in the region are outraged over, over Israel's taking out their head guy. As a sign of the conflict's wider repercussions, Egypt's President Mohamed Morsi called an emergency meeting of his cabinet, including his new defense minister. Now, remember, this is the new radical regime that's been installed in Egypt, the new radical Muslim Brotherhood regime. And he's instructed authorities to open the Rafah border between Egypt and the Gaza Strip, meaning he's going to help them with, who knows, troops, weaponry, whatever. Coming under... Increasing domestic and Arab pressure, Egypt's foreign ministry on Thursday called on the U.S. to immediately intervene. The, the, Egypt's foreign ministry, they've got the audacity to call upon the U.S. to immediately intervene and to end Israeli aggression in Gaza. After they're the ones that have been firing all these thousands and thousands and thousands of rockets over the years, and, and all the suicide bombers they've sent in, 19, 000, almost 20,000 terrorist attacks worldwide since 9-11. All of the atrocities that they've done. And they've got the audacity to call upon America to stop, Isra- quote, Israeli aggression in Gaza. When they're trying to provoke this thing, and they've been trying to provoke it all along. It's just the ultimate in hypocrisy. It, it, I've never seen it. Anything quite like it. Egypt recalled its ambassador from Tel Aviv on Wednesday. Good. The Muslim Brotherhood has called for protests to demand that the Egyptian government cut its ties with Israel. (laughs) It's like Satan saying, cut your ties with Israel. Okay, so continuing. And um, here's, a, I guess, a DVD entitled, I think, Radical Islam, the Third Jihad, and it's, uh, I think, a compilation of things exposing Islam. Uh, it's, I don't have anything to do with it, but it's from Cutting Edge's site. It looks like a good DVD if you want to know more about that particular subject. So, the King of Jordan is also coming under increased pressure. Uh, this is a news brief from Riots Erupt in Jordan, the End of Absolute Monarchy, the Daily Beast News, November 14th. It said, quote, on Tuesday night, riots and protests broke out in many of the country's cities. Some of the crowd shouted that the people want the fall of the regime. Others burned the monarch's portrait. One longtime supporter of the royals even suggested privately it's not a question of if, but when King Abdullah's rule will end. Now, you may wonder, why am I talking about this right now? Well, you'll see in a second here. Islamic jihadist leaders would like nothing more than to topple King Abdullah from power because he is staunchly pro-Western. If radical Islamic leadership can overthrow Jordan's monarchy, they would have the hatred Israel, they would have the hated Israel completely surrounded by intensely anti-Israeli leadership. They could feel that the tide of history has indeed started to flow against Israel, and their plans for the annihilation of the Jewish state could then march forward. They would be totally, at that point, surrounded by absolutely, totally radical Islamic regimes that want nothing more than their total annihilation. But see, the New World Order, and particularly America greasing the skids for this, knew that this had to happen, and that's why they installed all of these radical pro 
Muslim regimes in there. Uh, Egypt being, you know, one of the last ones. And look at like the fruit that I just pointed to. Now, if they can topple Jordan, which it looks as though it's just a matter of time, Israel will have no allies near them at all. So this is what they're after. If his pro-Western regime falls, radical Islamic forces will control the immediate Arab surroundings, countries surrounding Israel. That's the last piece of the puzzle, really, as far as proximity to Israel. This is the next article, report. Jordan's anti-government riots aimed ultimately at removing King Abdullah from power are so severe that the government has turned 10,000 of its soldiers into riot police. Terrorism analyst and Act for America president Bridget Gabriel, who's been interviewed many times on Sean Hannity, and she's, she's sharp. I mean, I'll give her, she's really sharp when it comes to this issue. I'm not promoting Sean Hannity or her or anything like this. I'm just saying she's pretty sharp. Uh, she's one of these ones that uh, she grew up in Lebanon, and she's been there, done it, and, and seen what the fruit of Islam. Uh, She said there are U.S. troops on the ground in Jordan. Evidently, she's there right now. We have actually positioned troops in Jordan to protect King Abdullah, she said. U.S. troops. The Muslim Brotherhood has cut all roads between between Jordan's cities. Now, remember, it's the Muslim Brotherhood. It's the ones we're working with. Our government is openly admitting to working with to topple these regimes that they don't want in there. Because the dictators that were in there before... Uh, like in Egypt and in Libya and these types of places, they were not radical enough. They could not be controlled by the United States as easily. And and the thing is, is they know if they insert Muslim Brotherhood radical regimes in there, they know what their actions are going to be. They know, they don't have to install them in there and wonder what they're going to do. They're going to know exactly what they're going to do, which is they're going to try to totally annihilate Israel. That's what they're absolutely obsessed and bent upon. So they can install them in there and it's like kind of like a wind-up toy that like is in a pre-programmed mode that you know you put it in there, you know what it's gonna do. Okay? It's like putting a lion in a cage with, you know, a whole bunch of sheep. You know what the lion's gonna do. And this is exactly why they're doing it. And then what the what America and the rest of the of the New World Order that's installed these regimes can say is that, wow, we can't believe they did this. We really thought that this was about freedom and democracy and love, joy, peace, and long-suffering and all of these things that Islam supposedly represents. We can't believe that they've... <laughs> and, then, and then what they do is they basically deny they ever even put them in there. Because, the, you know, the mainstream media is just a rigged game of garbage. So this is, this is the, the end game. So they've cut all the roads between Jordanian cities at this point, the Muslim Brotherhood. Gabriel, who is a native of Lebanon, said the violence is no surprise and the Muslim Brotherhood is rising in Jordan. She warned that the king's position is in great danger. King Abdullah is hanging by a thread, she said. He has, 20, he has supposedly a 20% approval rate in the country. The Muslim Brotherhood sees this as their opportunity to rise up after what they saw happen in Egypt, Libya, Tunisia, and now Syria. Absolutely, they've all been, you know, that Muslim Brotherhood's had it pretty good, man. I mean, they've had, you know, the world government behind them to make sure that they get into power in all of these different countries. 
Also, the Turkish foreign minister said he had spoken with Hamas leader, and this is switching gears, he had spoken with Hamas leader, Khalid Mashal, um, also spoken with Gazan authorities and in Egypt over the Israeli offensive, adding that Turkey would act to end the Israeli offensive. So, in other words, they're trying to get as many people on board as possible as potential enemies and invaders of Israel. They're all enemies, but they want ultimately a huge war with them. One comment from Israel's internal security minister made it quite clear that Israel's goals in this operation, what Israel's goals in this operation are. He said Israel needs to wipe out the leadership of Hamas and Islamic Jihad terrorist organizations. Oh, amen. That's the only thing you can really do when you're dealing with pure evil. For Israel to wipe out the leadership of Hamas and other radical jihad organizations, she must invade on the ground. That seems exactly what she's intending to accomplish. If the Neset orders reservists to report for active duty, a ground invasion is imminent. Prime Minister Netanyahu spoke of how Hamas uses its own civilians as human shields in the following report. Now this is how, what kind of cowardly devils they are. They provoke the attacks, and when we attack, they make sure that they're in the largest civilian Islamic populations as possible so that they can put on their news, Oh, look what the Israelis did to us! They're killing us! After they've launched, you know, thousands and thousands of rockets against Israel. And when she finally defends herself, then, you know, they're, they go crazy and nuts. This is how evil they are. How conniving that, that they are. They use their own civilians as human shields. Uh, this is from the L- London Guardian. Israel and Gaza militants in jet- deadly exchanges. Netanyahu says Israel will continue to take whatever action is necessary to protect its people. Seven years ago, Israel withdrew from Gaza, he recalls. Hamas turned Gaza into a terror stronghold. Exactly. It's all they ever do when you give them land. They fired thousands of missiles at Israel and deliberately placed these missile launchers in civilian buildings. On purpose. So that when, obviously, Israel attacked, they would kill civilians. There is no moral equivalence between Israel and the terrorist organizations in Gaza, he says. They commit a double war crime. They fire at Israeli civilians, and then they hide behind Gazan civilians. They're cowards. They're of their father the devil, and they're all cowards in that regard. Predictably, Hamas has just captured even more human shields. They are apparently not allowing any foreigners to leave Gaza. (laughs) They're like, no, no, you're staying here. You die for Allah, and we say if you die or if you live. And if you get hit by an Israeli missile, great, because then we can report it on our warped, perverted news stations. So then we had, last night on CNN's, well, um, probably two nights ago, CNN's 360 with the recently coming out of the closet gay boy, Anderson Cooper. I don't know if you knew that. He's come out of the closet that he's gay. Video footage was broadcast that purported to show injuries and victims of the Israeli military operations in Gaza. The footage was exposed as fraudulent here and on Breitbart News, and there's a link to that if you want to know more about that. Because a lot of Christians fall for this. I'm not saying Israel's perfect, and that that, that I just support them no matter what they do, and that, you know what, I believe in ethnic salvation like um, John Hagee, where they're Jews, we don't need to witness to them because they're Jews. And they're saved just because they're Jews. That's ethnic salvation. That's the term for that. He teaches that. 
I don't, I'm not saying that. they got to get saved the same way we do. And obviously, their eyes have not been opened to the true gospel of Jesus Christ yet. The Bible predicts and says that blindness, in part, has happened to Israel. Why did the blindness come? Because they rejected their Messiah, Jesus Christ. I've done a whole teaching on this called The Biblical Reason for Israel's Affliction. Okay? It's not any Semitic. It's just pointing out biblically what happened. I'm not judging them. I'm just saying this is what happened. Okay? Obviously, the Israelites have had a lot of problems since the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. <laughs> you look at their history. You look at just what happened to them in the Nazi regime. And the fact that they weren't even without a country for you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. It's obviously been a problem there. But blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. And then their eyes are going to be open. And I believe we're on the cusp of that happening. And I've, I've done many, many teachings on that as well. So, anyway, um, going further, this is the next report. And this is kind of more of a, a just a whole bunch of uh, compilation of things that's happened in the last week. And I tell you what, we're, we're going to be running out of time here. So I'm going to go ahead and go to part two, and we'll start up on this next part. So God bless you, and we'll see you in part two. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West. Number 202, Third Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.